0: <laughs> but this was really 1981 the to the rock and roll nightmares podcast i'm your host stacy lane wilson author of the rock and roll nightmares book series and director of the documentary the ventures stars on guitars this is your destination for all things rock where the interviewees include musicians authors historians filmmakers and more and now on to the show My guest today is the very talented and creative Omar Doom, who I first interviewed back in 2007 about his role in the Quentin Tarantino film Death Proof, and again two years later for Inglorious Bastards. Omar, as Straight Razor, is also a techno and industrial music artist. is in the process of debuting a new record label, Doom Vision, with an album of Straight Razor remixes by six different artists. And he contributed one of the few absinthe drinks to the newest book in the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series, Rock Tales. So we'll be talking about all that and more. So welcome to the show, Omar.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I guess the first question that most people ask you is, how did you first meet Quentin Tarantino? But what I'd like to know is what keeps your friendship and your collaboration going over all these years?
1: Well, in recent years, I've only really seen him when we've worked together or when we've worked together or at events for those movies that we're working on. So it's been a couple of years since uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: Right. And the pandemic, I'm sure, affected the new Beverly quite a bit. But yeah, bouncing back.
1: Yeah. Actually, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. Last time I saw him, it was at an event at the Grammy Museum where he interviewed Mark Lindsay of Paul Revere and the Raiders, who had a couple of songs in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was really cool.
0: Oh, yeah, I bet.
1: And then he played some songs. I mean. Mark Lindsay played some songs.
0: <laughs> that must have been a treat.
1: Yeah, there was a drummer and everything and uh, some tracks that were in the movie for a small group of friends. And it was great. I actually brought a couple of my original part of you and the Raiders final records and he signed them for me.
0: Oh, how cool is that?
1: <laughs> yeah. And we've actually stayed in touch online a little bit.
0: Wow. Well, as I mentioned in the intro that you contributed a recipe for rock tales. So I don't know if you've had a chance to look through the book yet, but there is a Spirits of 67 Paul Revere and the Raiders inspired rock tale in there. Oh, cool. I'll definitely have to look at <laughs> Yes. Um, Well, and as I mentioned too, that you're a musician, and that's what you've really been focusing on a lot lately, and it's straight razor. And the music is super cinematic, and I know that that's a term that's thrown around a lot, Um, but I did first actually become aware of it in a film that I reviewed, Spree. Um, So I understand that you were in music before you started acting. Is that right? And if so, how did you get into that?
1: Well, I started studying classical piano for a few years starting in like second grade which made it easier to learn other instruments faster I was obsessed with drums at first and I started a punk band called the screaming skulls when I was 12 and you know we played in a band playing misfits and sex pistol songs then we started making our own music I stayed in that genre pretty much like rock and metal and I moved to guitar started playing hardcore and then i started listening to some industrial stuff like ministry thrill kill cult and uh from their dance music you know i still have an equal love for both uh you know electronic music and uh instrument oriented music and i'll probably be making i have another project in the works where it'll be mostly instruments actually oh, so okay. and i mix the two so
0: and what about vocals
1: Yeah. I'll be singing on the new stuff. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, who was the first band or musician to inspire you?
1: I guess, you know, when I, it has to be when I'm really young because I started listening to music when I was very young. Um, So, and the, the bands that I was playing, the songs I was playing in the first bands that I made were, you know, the Ramones, Misfits, Sex Pistols, like I was saying. And so, We were just playing covers of those songs. So I Uh guess you can say that was my inspiration.
0: Let's take a little break here to listen to some of Omar's music. This is Straight Razor's Iblis. So I'm not an actor or, or musician, but I can imagine that both offered that different kinds of rewards because you get an immediate reaction from an audience when you're on stage. But with film acting, it takes months or sometimes longer. I mean, you're pretty removed from getting any public feedback. Um, do you have a creative preference between the two? and can you describe like what how that kind of feeds your creative soul, the two different?
1: Uh, I really love both music, making music and acting. I would say that, I feel very comfortable when I'm making music. But when I'm on a movie set, it's more of like a magical feeling. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even believe I'm there. Like, <laughs> something, like, it's such a dream and something that I love doing so much, but that I don't get to do as much. So it's more exciting, I guess. Um, but to what you were saying about movies and taking time to be released, they're actually more similar than you might think because when you make an album first of all it takes time for the music to come out right Mm -hmm. and then when the music comes out you tour the album you know when a director makes a movie as you know they make the movie and then they tour the movie uh through festivals yes like like a band would and then and the movie comes out. So it's it's not that different. There are some very uh, some parallels there.
0: That's interesting. I didn't really think of it that way. Um, what's coming up next for you either musically or acting wise?
1: I have more straight razor remix work to do. Um, recently, I just had this album come out, the Doom Vision on Doom Vision Records, my record label. Uh, where it's people remixing my music, six artists, six different artists remix my songs. Oh and,
0: wow! And you but, just give them carte blanche. I mean, what does that feel like? Kind of giving up the control, or do you kind of? Oh work yeah, it's with them to, as a collaborator.
1: No, no, it's great to hear someone else come up with something from your the sounds that you put in a song. So it's really exciting. And I I picked people that I whose music I really like. So it was just really exciting to see what they came up with. Um, on that album, there's Ghost, Corvad, Morris Black, Nightcrawler, Destroyer, and ESA. Uh, so check those guys out if you can. And then also I'm doing more remix work where Straight Razor remixes other people. And um, I also have my original, my new Straight Razor album to make soon. So that will be fun. Hopefully that I can get that out, um, by the end of the year. Um, acting wise, I really want to do more acting and it's something that I've always done when someone calls me, you know,
0: right.
1: uh, Right. To do a movie. So, you know, I'm anxious for uh, something great to come up. I might, uh, I really want to get back into it though. So I might look into different management to, uh, make a little comeback.
0: I want to circle back a little bit to, um, what you said about the remixes so for people like me who don't really know how that works so how does does each piece of music on a different track and someone kind of puts it together like a collage or how does that work
1: yeah well they have free reign to do whatever they want with with all the tracks that I gave them each track you know the drums each part of the drums that kick the snare the symbol, the bass, the guitar, all the effects and everything. They have all of them separated on different tracks where they can use as much of it as they want. They can add parts to it.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: and uh if you don't add anything to it and you're not and you just edit the song, it's more, it's usually called more of an edit. Um,
0: well, as I mentioned, you uh contributed a rock tale for the book, and your inspiration was raining blood by Slayer and it's an absinthe drink which is appropriately hardcore so uh when you're not making music what bands do you like to listen to these days
1: well it's my musical taste changes a lot and I go through phases with different genres and the genres are so varied I mean it could be outlaw country you know to disco to metal reggae new wave I mean there's just there's so I listen to I just love music you know. I can tell you the last uh, vinyl purchases I made yes. were, I got original records of the sunny side of Cher. 1966, Sonny Bono wrote it for her. It's where he, she has the song Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down. And then Nancy Sinatra made it uh, in the same year, made her version of it, that, that that it came out. And that's the one you hear in Kill Bill. I got Loretta Lynn's Fist City. That's a fun one. And I also got... I got some Jojo Marauder. Nice. Um, I got the Flashdance soundtrack, uh, which is Jojo Marauder. And um Cat People soundtrack. Those are the four, I think, that I just got. I like soundtracks. Yeah.
0: Cat people. Is that the Paul Schrader one?
1: Yeah. It's also, yeah, also George marauder and David Bowie on there.
0: Nice. Um well oh, actually
1: that was the song in there was on Gloria Bastards. The the track from there was an in Inglorious Bastards putting out fire with gasoline.
0: Oh wow, yeah, that is a good one. Yeah, that's a great movie too. I love that film.
1: Yeah, I love the 80s. I love 80s music, 80s movies. I was a kid in the 80s, so you know, there's a lot of nostalgia there.
0: Yeah, I recently revisited um American Gigolo, and that is so like another Paul Schrader film that's just like a extended music video. Yes. Yeah, it's really fun, and the lighting and the cinematography and the music, everything is so heightened and fashion aware.
1: Another thing that um, one of my favorite genres of film is giallo's from the yes. you know sixties and seventies. That's actually where the name of Straight Razor came from, um, because you know the the killer usually had a you know a black hat, black outfit, black maybe a trench coat and. Leather gloves and a knife, a straight razor. And so, and to what you were saying about, you know, the the, the clothing and, the, you know, those were the very most, very visceral horror movies that, you know, were hyper stylized, you know, fashion wise, uh, set decoration. was just through the roof on those. Um, so those are some of my favorites.
0: Absolutely. And Goblin did a lot of the, songs and soundtracks for Dario Argento and some of the other Jallo films from the mid seventies. And I got to see a lot of those on the big screen at the new Beverly, as a matter of fact.
1: Cool. I have, uh, (laughs) I actually saw Goblin play.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. uh, That a lot of these bands that did soundtracks are like bringing them to the stage, like Goblin and um, John Carpenter, I understand puts on a great live show too. Oh, yes.
1: I love John Carpenter.
0: Yeah, he's really super talented as a musician as well. Well, in addition to being an actor and a musician, um, I read somewhere that you're also an artist and that you've designed clothing. So obviously you're very fashion aware. Um, But as such a creative person, do you sometimes find yourself scattered in a lot of different directions? Or I mean, what are some tips that you can share for finding one's creative focus in order to tackle a project from start to finish.
1: I may not be the best person to ask this (laughs) question.
0: Well, you've accomplished a lot. So I think you are.
1: But yes, there isn't just one way, but one thing you could do, which is what I'm in the process of doing is combining all of your talents into one project. Um, For example, if you do, if you're, if you're in the arts, it could be a little easier, you know, because, I have a movie that I've written actually two horror movies that I plan to make and score as well and do the art and you know work closely with a lot of the uh the creative side of it and mm-hmm. and um you know it's just we just talked about John Carpenter and yeah. uh, it's basically following his footsteps
0: yeah that's really um I think being an auteur is maybe sort of a more a lost art these days. So you can kind of maybe put yourself back in the seventies, which would be welcome for me. I definitely watch it. Yes. Uh, well, I'm going to close with my favorite question here on this podcast. What is your own personal rock and roll nightmare?
1: I don't know if this is a nightmare or a blessing, but <laughs> Okay. I played a show Straight Razor show in LA for the release of volume two. And um, it was a release party and I was playing my set and everything was going great. And then I was getting towards the end of the set and I was making a, you know, a big build, a big crescendo up to the beginning of my final song. And I was building it up and then boom right after, right on the one where i was going to kick the song in a car smashes into the building what and all the lights go black nobody knew this is what happened you know we found out later that a car smashed into the building and took out you know the power lines the power was down for blocks it was a pretty major accident there was fire engines and and police it was kind of You know, at the moment, everyone was like, what? That? This must be part of the show because it was right when the song started. So this is probably part of the show. And then eventually nothing really happened. (laughs) And I was just like, thank you. (laughs) 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 And I went off stage. And then when everyone found out what happened, then it became a different story. Now we have a horse of a different color. Um, And that story, you know, traveled.
0: Wow um, well do you have any live shows coming up I know you've got the new music and people can follow you on Instagram but what is the best place for listeners to find and follow you online and are there any shows coming up that we can check out
1: well if you're on Spotify follow straight razor there otherwise yes. I'm on Instagram as Omar doom or official straight razor or doom vision records um, omar doom.com has the the links to everything and what was the first question
0: um, do you have any live um, yes. performances at the moment?
1: Yes, I do. So there, there should be one in New York City in uh, June to mm-hmm. to look out for. Um oh, great. So stay tuned for that one.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you, Omar. I really appreciate it, and I want to let everyone know that yes, Omar Doom is a really great website. It's really well put together. Super easy to follow and it's just really, it really pops. So you did a great job with that.
1: Wow. Thanks. That was me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. Yes. I can see your personality in it. So good uh, stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Omar. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much. I'm really happy that you you called me. I was actually, um, I, cause I found you online and I hit yes. you up because yeah. I saw the, the ventures movie.
0: Oh, thanks.
1: And I, I loved it. Didn't know who made it. Looked it up and then found you. Wow. And then turns out you had already interviewed me.
0: That's right. I sure (laughs) did. Yeah. This concludes another episode of the Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast. Remember, there's a book series too. All the books are available in paperback, ebook, and audio via Amazon or the Rock and Roll Nightmares website. That's R-O-C-K-N-R-O-L-L-Nightmares.com. Our official theme song is She's Out for Blood by Fuzzbuster, founded by Lars Cabot. Thank you for listening. Wish